Ayo, welcome everyone to Today in the Scene by Indie Arcade Wave. I'm Joe, your host, and here on In the Scene, we dive into what's happening in the arcade space from indie developers, arcade owners, and operators, and just news in the space in general. Now, a couple of things before we jump in. I've been shouting out the t-shirts. I'll throw those up. We've got Galactic Battleground and Indie Arcade Wave, as well as our new cabinets for Galactic Battleground, a four-player Konami and a four-player tabletop. Pictures are up here. And we're going to jump into this week's episode. It's been a while since I've interviewed a new indie arcade developer, and I'm really excited to do that. Um, I've got two guys from the Avion Knights team. Uh, Avion Knights is an indie arcade game, also an indie game, I guess, that is available on Steam now. You can play it right now on your computer, but it also has a cabinet coming with it to match. It's a whole bunch of stuff they're working on with the cabinet, but I've got two of the creators behind Avion Knights with me this week. I've got Isaac and Luke. I'm going to bring them on. How are you guys doing today? Hey, Joe, doing hey, well. Joe. How are you doing? We're doing fantastic. I'm I'm great. I'm I'm excited to have you guys on here, Isaac. I know we've been talking for a couple of weeks now, uh, finally making it happen. I'm gonna have to shout out uh, Adam over at Arcade Heroes. That guy linked us up. Um, had never heard of the game, and he shot me a message, and I was pretty much instantly like, "All right, sweet. What's next? Let's 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 learn about this. Tell us about yourself, kind of who you are, what you do, and what was the first video game you ever made." Uh, Isaac, you go. You can go ahead first. Okay, so um, I am on the, the Avian Knights team. However, I am not specifically a video game developer myself. Um, I am a developer of many things. <laughs> I help out on the company with a lot of, a lot of marketing, a lot of uh, artwork, what it looks like. And, and mainly what I do with the company is actually the, the customer validation system. So as we're building the game um, and when we're building it, I'm the one who takes it to the potential players and I go, hey, what do you guys like about this? What do you not like about it? So I play an important process in the game developing, but I have never developed my own game. Um, Luke and some of the other developers on the team definitely have some much deeper and better experiences than I do about that. Yeah, for me, uh, uh, Luke Anderson, uh, been with the company since it started. Uh, actually, Avian Nights is the first game that I've developed. Uh, we brought on a bunch of other developers uh, who, uh, are overseas they can't make it to it with us tonight but um maybe nice the first one i've helped develop and it's been exciting to see how the game has started from the simple just idea of you know a family game that we wanted to create all the way to now this the game that's available on steam for anybody to play and uh getting an arcade cabinet as well i feel you isaac i'm part of a development team i've never developed a game uh, i hope with balancing figuring things out but yeah marketing sales uh personal interaction. I'm the guy that goes to conventions, flies out to arcades, stuff like that. So it's it's a fun side of it that is kind of overlooked, I guess, sort of. I mean, I guess we're kind of the face of it, but development is super important. I'm, I'm glad this is like the first game you guys are on. And that makes me wonder how you guys teamed up. Like, how did you guys start making games together? How, how did you first meet? Good question. So, yeah, so I, I can answer like kind of how the company started. Um, so my dad, uh, he's uh, he's James Anderson. He's the one who uh, founded the company with me. We we wanted to. We I come from a big family. There's six of us and uh, six kids, so eight altogether. And we had a problem with finding games that we all could play at once on the same screen. Um, that's just how we wanted to play together. That's how it was our family bonding time. And you know, just there came a point where we decided, hey, let's create a game that people can. Uh, all play together. We have of the eight players. That's what Avian Knights can handle as of right now. Uh, have eight players all together on the same screen. Play it all together so you can have a, a, a good time with people on the classic couch co-op scene. 
And um, we started that vision kind of came to fruition about two years ago. We started development into the game. Um, we had uh, we reached out. We partnered with a couple of other developers, and we've gone through a couple over the years um, as we've uh, tried to. Uh, form together our own team here at, at Allen One, but um, we finally landed on an awesome team that we've been able to work with really well and uh, accomplish all the things that we've wanted to see the game uh, accomplish. And um, it started first off, it started as the basic uh, arena mode that you see in the game with up to eight players, and then we decided to expand it to have an arcade mode as well for like a wave-based scoring type thing. Added global leaderboards, and we're adding networking soon. Uh, and all of these things come together to see like this journey that we've had. Um, and that's how I started a couple years ago. Isaac came on very recently. Uh, we met him. Oh, well, I was I had moved away at this point uh, from where the company is right now. But uh, my dad met him at uh, over uh, in Utah where the company is. And they got to talking. And that's how we started working together. And I'm sure Isaac can uh, share more about that. It was it was actually quite an experience getting to know the company. Um, one of the first people that I met um, was actually um, Luke's Luke's sister, uh, which is also the you know the owner's daughter, the founder's daughter, and I and I took her on a date, <laughs> and that was kind of my first connection with the company. I took the I took the owner's daughter on a date, and then I, I talked with James. I talked to a couple of the other employees, and I decided I wanted to work for the company. It's funny because. I'm still working for the company, but I did not end up taking her on any more dates. So it looks like the company was 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 the reason I had to take that date to figure figure out how to come join the company. And since then, it's just been quite an experience. Um, we have a team of incredible developers uh, here at the company. Lots of overseas, so the hours are tough sometimes, and we meet up with them. But we just have an incredible team. And the last couple of months, I have just loved watching them get to work on projects. I think it's the most valuable thing our company has. It's got a great developing team. It's got good ethics. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I feel you, Luke. I, I'm one of four kids, so big family. Uh, Mario Party and Mario right. Kart was huge growing up. Um, it would have been nice to have bigger games, but you know, four controllers is pretty good. That's, that's a good start. I'm curious about the game. So we've kind of figured out like, who you guys are, where you came from, how you put the team together. Tell the viewers what AVN Knights is. Like, what can they expect when they play this game, and where did you draw inspiration from? Yeah, sure. So, AVN Knights, uh, we we took a lot of inspiration from uh, classic arcade games from the '80s. Uh, my dad collects arcade cabinets. That's also partially why we got into this, and um, we wanted to recreate that feeling of arcade style like competition uh, with your friends and um we clearly you can see evidence of uh popular games that are in there we have um you know awesome platforming aspects uh, especially like uh, those you see in joust uh, and the combat is um it's different from joust we've got a lot more uh weapons and like the mechanics of the fighting and everything is different so it has become like its own thing but you, you can see definitely if you're a big fan of any of the classic arcade games from the 80s put out by williams or um or atari you know you'll, you'll definitely see those types of uh that type of inspiration and um the game itself uh has multiple different game modes you got an arcade mode that came later in the development but became kind of a lot more popular because it's one that's better when you're by yourself it allows you to you know fight against waves of enemies try to get a high score 
And uh, when you get a high score, you can save that to a global leaderboard that we have. It's a big old system that we have integrated into uh, an app as well. Um, and uh, we also have the arena mode where we have, uh, you can have up to eight players at once playing in different types of game modes. You have some free for all type game modes like Deathmatch or Last Man Standing, or you can go into more team-based modes like Last Team Standing or Team Deathmatch or Jailbreak, things like that. And you'll see, you, you can have a really fun time with this, with these classic 80 style arcade gameplay in a more competitive setting, whether that be with head to head in, an, in the arena mode or across uh, a global leaderboard. And we have, you can see um, quite a bit of competition uh, on that global leaderboard. Additionally, um, we do keep the, the leaderboard fresh with uh, special tournaments that happen regularly, like every other week or so. And those are integrated into the game. You can see them pop up. Uh, it's a separate little area that you can go into, and everybody can compete in those tournaments, try to get the high score, and you earn points attached to your account. There's a whole uh, platform that we've kind of developed uh, called Major League Esports that um, we that it, we connect it to, and this will be connected into the cabinet version as well. It's optional. You don't have to join in, but it does allow you to save your score on any platform that you play, whether it be arcade cabinet or your home console or on your PC. So uh, it's a really great uh, chance to compete with other player, whether you're looking for the arcades or you just want to do arena mode, so. Yeah, hey Joe, are you are you a fan of Joust yourself? Uh, I do like Joust. It's been a, a while since I've actually played like an original Joust cabinet, but uh, I've, I play a handful of KQ every once, especially when I travel, like when I'm going to other arcades, like I usually play KQ like crazy. It's awesome. And have you had a chance to play Avian Knights yet? I have. I did. I played a, a handful of games. It was pretty fun. I, I enjoyed it. Um, heavy joust inspiration. I could see it right away when I played it. <laughs> right, right. So basically, you got this knight on top of a bird, and then you can upgrade the bird. The bird becomes faster, flies faster, hits stronger. And then the knight and the bird have individual powers. So you learn this technique about combos of powers. You have to match up with the bird as a different one. The knight has a different one. And at the same time, you can upgrade the knight's powers by getting it a couple of times over. And it's such a fun experience. And um, one of the parts of the game you didn't get to enjoy yet is because the, the networking platform is still, still working on it, is that when that becomes a multiplayer game, the first time I played it was actually one of the reasons I came for the company. I played it with my entire, I played with my, all my older brothers. It was me, my father, and two of my older brothers. And we, and we played against each other. It was on a, we on a dev kit that we put together for, for the Xbox, which we're going to launch on the Xbox here in a bit. And we're all playing. It was so competitive. And we were just screaming at one another. We were like, oh, my gosh, get him with the bird. Now pick up that thing and throw it at him. It was a, it was a kind of killer queen vibe um, when we were playing. And I loved it so much. So when you get a chance to play on that, on that multiplayer in that arena mode, you're just going to love the game even more. It's such a blast. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of exactly how I got pulled into it, too, is I wasn't, I wasn't a developer. I wasn't an artist. Uh, a friend of mine was the artist, and he... He pulled me into Galactic Battleground by showing it to me at like 3 a.m. after a concert. And I played one game. I was like, how do I get involved? What do I got to do? Like, let me in on this. So when you find a game that's that's fun like that right off the jump, like, you know, you got something. Um, I'm curious about the arcade. Like you said, Luke, you said your dad collects arcade games. Um, but why did you decide to develop for the arcade? Like you already have the game available for Steam coming to Xbox. Why did you even bother making an arcade cabinet? Well, uh, a couple of reasons. First off, it it really is a, a a passion project, right? We 
my dad absolutely loves arcade games. We actually uh, own an arcade out in Utah as well. It's called Flynn's Retrocade. And you got classic arcade games. We rotate them out. We have pinball there as well. Um, you can check it out if you want. We have a website. But that's that's a different topic for another type of episode. Um, but it was also because we noticed that um, nobody really develops for arcade cabinets anymore. Like there's And there's a couple, obviously. There, there's... There is still an indie arcade scene and an arcade cabinet scene for sure, but um, the the amount of developers that are releasing on Steam every day versus the amount of people releasing arcade cabinets is is a staggering ratio. And we wanted to be um, we want with the Major League Esports platform that we created. We wanted it to um, allow people who just want to like go out and have fun time with their uh, family or with their uh, just with themselves in an arcade with their buddies uh, to be able to experience the game and still feel like they can progress. Um, and so like, that's the whole point of the major league esports account creation and stuff. Um, you can still have all your progress saved while still um, competing, you know, out in a fun uh, dedicated area for video games. You know, the, the atmosphere of an arcade is so special compared to sitting at home with your friends. They're both fun, but the arcade just has a, a charm to it that is so unique. And that's what we wanted to really capture our gameplay for. Cause our game really plays well on a cabinet. It, you, you feel like you're back. Um, at least I was not, I'm not old enough to be like grown up in the eighties era, but uh, since my dad has all these arcade cabinets, I was fortunate enough to play them growing up. And so it feels just like you're um, you've got that, those classic arcade skills uh, with like kind of the button mashing type gameplay and the quick reflexes and that feels so at home at a cabinet. And that's when we realized that we really wanted to push the cabinet development more so than um, well, e as equally as uh, our digital game development. Yeah, I, I totally understand that. You're right. I mean, it's got to be. I'm just throwing it out. It's got to be like 15,000 to one right now for like Steam versus arcade developers. I find probably two to three new developers a year. Um, I actually was, I just held a panel in Portland this other weekend and there were six or seven people in the crowd that were like, I want to make a game. Like that's, that's why I'm here. And I thought that was pretty cool. You know, like there are people that are actually interested in doing this. And as time goes on, we're just going to find more and more people that are making these games. Cause mm -hmm. you've got, you've got Namco, you've got raw thrills, You've got, you know, Stern, Spooky, like these pinball companies. There's not a lot of people that are making new games, you know, that aren't exactly. like recycling an old license. Um, so it's, it's cool to see more people that are making new games. Uh, let's talk about the hardest part of making the game. Obviously, it, it's, it takes a lot. Like people kind of overlook the, the cabinet side of it because there's a lot of development that goes into it, design, everything like that. But then testing as well, like getting it in front of people to get it tested. What has been the hardest part of the whole process for each one of you? Yeah, so so I've been I've been helping a lot in the in the side of the production of the cabinet, um, and we're actually we've actually already made two prototypes, which we took to a, a trade show in Vegas, where customer response was really positive, really positive. We got some feedback as well, uh, and so we we changed a few things on the cabinet and the way it works. Um, and then we, we are almost actually, we're actually halfway through, almost done. Uh, the end of this fourth quarter will be done with our, our manufacturing facility, um, where we're going to start our first run of 12 cabinets, which we've already reached out to, to various locations. We're going to be putting those 12 cabinets in a bunch of different places. 
and we have an analytical software that will run to see how the game is doing, um, the average plays per hour, all that kind of kind of sweet info. And what's awesome is Adam is actually going to get one of them over at Arcade Galactic, the the Arcade Heroes blogger Adam. He's going to get one of those. A bunch of uh, people around here in Utah. Um, I don't know if you about to know another man. His name is Tim Accord. Uh, he runs a podcast about arcade games. Um, he's based out of Michigan. He's going to get one as well. And we're going to send them out and we're going to test them. Um, on the hardware side, it, we've, we've outsourced a lot of the development, um, but a lot of it's also been in-house. And we've done, we've done a pretty good job. It's been a pretty streamlined process. A couple of hiccups. Um, the struggles are real in, in some areas where you're like, okay, we're, we're ready this month. And then, you know, we put it back one more month. Um, but as far as on the development of the hardware side, of the, of the firmware and the, the software side, Luke's going to know a lot more about that than I do. Uh, yeah, sure. So um, uh, the hardest thing for me, uh, at least but that was my experience, was honestly just getting the right team together, right? Because this wasn't uh, a project of, you know, a bunch of um, a bunch of game developers who met and wanted to achieve a vision. This was uh, a father and son dream that took time with us. First off, learning about the industry, um, coming together to find the right team uh, who who could, could who could help us develop properly, you know, and um, and we went through quite a bit of changes. We went through a lot of uh, different people. Um, not not like we weren't like recycling people, right? But we were just like trying to find the people who shared that same type of vision, you know, who wanted to like create art. That that's what an arcade cabinet essentially is, right? We wanted to who wanted to see this uh, creative artistic vision of having a cabinet in addition to you know um, developing for a digital game and all of the struggles that would accompany that. And, and like the shared platform that we'd be able to achieve with like the account with like the shared account creation and database and stuff that we'd have to come up with, like all these extra things that aren't typically done in game development. We wanted people to we wanted to find a team who is also excited about that, right? Who who was excited to um, see this not just exist as on a Steam page. We wanted to see that we who were excited to see it exist physically with a get with a cabinet dedicated to this game and to have that spread out across everywhere. And that's, that was really the hardest part. Uh, it was just finding the people who really wanted to see this, um, see this vision go. And that was, I think that's it for me. Yeah. I mean, it, there's, there's so much that goes into this. Like, I feel like it is really overlooked, like even just developing a game, you know, there, mm -hmm. there's a lot of hurdles to cross. There's a lot of stuff to do. There's a lot of testing. I mean, it, it takes a lot longer than people think. And I, I see it on Steam all the time. You'll see a game up and people are like, this game's overpriced. It's too much. It's like, the game's $15. Like, yeah. <laughs> these developers spent six, eight months making this game. Like, $15 is not that big. You'll go buy NBA 2K whatever year it is for $60 and it's a recycled game. Like, exactly. just... Just let these people do their thing and you know support the small the small groups that's that's what we need that's that's how you find such unique games like like nidhogg and um mm -hmm. uh, castle crashers which i absolutely love like those are really cool unique games let's talk about development or advice for developers like i know you guys are in this process um you're new to the space what advice would you give to aspiring developers arcade builders indie develop indie arcade developers and what advice do you wish you had before you started? 
Um, I'll go ahead and start this one. I think uh, as far as advice I can give, you know, like like you said, and like I've said, you know, pretty new to the development scene. But uh, anybody who's wanting to start one up, you know, or start developing a game, the the worst thing you can do is well give up. You know, it it can be really difficult, uh, especially if depending on your situation, you know, you might be dealing with uh, teammates that are hard to work with. You might be dealing with other responsibilities that are hard to manage. You know, I was going through college at the time as well when we started this, and um for an entirely unrelated degree uh <laughs> and um like that the, this those types of like um extra responsibilities that will come into your life um they're definitely important but you also have to remember that if you want to achieve your vision you have to keep you have to keep going at it right you have to have that drive you have to have that grit that uh will continue to drive you through the whole process and um on a lot of days it'll be easier than others uh, some days will be much harder but um if you can just you know really dig deep and just strive to develop for you know to achieve that vision and if uh if you're and another thing for the advice would be you know if you uh depending on your situation if it's just you and if it's just a small team and you're you're all working together, you know, it's okay to have delays. It's okay to um, change your vision as you see fit. You don't want to go into the feature creep, obviously, but once you find that vision, you know, and you you really feel like this is really the right thing, don't be afraid to do that, right? Don't be afraid to really uh, find what feels exactly right for your game. And um, within, obviously, with it, while, while still avoiding feature creep, it's a balance, right? It, it's a dance, but definitely something that is possible. And for us, I think um, the biggest thing that I wish we knew was, uh, first off, how uh, how annoying it can be to um, reach out to Xbox support and PlayStation support and try to get developers on their side too. Like try, try to try to become a, an actual developer for them on their consoles and get their dev kits that <laughs> uh, I wish we knew how we, how to do that much more quickly, but we figured it out. And um, also just being able to interact with the community. Um, that is something that is definitely overlooked and wish that we had started much earlier on. Um, but, you know, being brand new, it's, it's hard to think about, you know, engaging on Twitter, Facebook, whatever your well, X now, I guess is what it is. And meta, man, everything's changing nowadays. Um, but being able to interact with your community and grow a community and figure out how to, how to develop one is advice that, you know, we wish we had going into it and wish we had started um, driving that community much, much earlier in the development. So I would, uh... I would say something on the on the on you know developing on the software side, and then I'll say something different about something on developing the the actual cabinet itself. Um, on the software side, um, the the original vision was was you know it, it 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 wasn't implemented the very first vision. You know the vision started and then you got onto that project, and then it kind of evolves over time as you go on iterations and it gets to the point where you like it, and then you change a little bit, and then 
like you said, if, if, if you just gave up when it, the first vision wasn't the thing you were going to do, then you wouldn't have gotten to that, that final vision, which is where it is at now, which is a game that people enjoy, that people smile about, which is the goal um, to create that culture. Um, about the, the creating culture part that Luke said, um, we, have, we, have, we have a couple of very loyal, loyal players of the game on Steam who we also have a Discord for the game and people come in and they chat and they, they give us feedback about the game, what they like so much about it. It's the best game they've ever played. Um, and they're so passionate about it. Um, and we, we just love that. And that, that makes us happy. So if you can help other people get passionate about your game, that'll fuel you as a developer to continue developing your game. Um, also on the technical side of it, um, a great system that we use as a developing team is a system called Jira. Um, I believe that's the correct pronunciation. Is that right, Luke? That pronunciation? Yeah, the, you got it. The Jira. So Jira is a, a system that helps manage uh, team projects in which you put in tasks to get done on the developing side and divide into subtasks. And then those tasks can be assigned to certain people and you set deadlines for it. And as a team, as a software developing team, that's how the team works. And they, they use this as a Jira is a great tip for anyone who's uh, working in a team setting to build software. Um, now, I feel like I'm talking too much, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say one thing about the, the cabinet development side. Um, I would say if you're planning on developing a cabinet, um, don't do it. Uh, let us do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. Because actually, one of the things that we're actually doing at the company now uh, here at Allen One is that we're reaching out to new indie arcade game developers. And we're reaching out to the games on Steam and these developers. And we're, and we're creating a licensing. Uh, we'll, we'll pay a few, few royalties for the game. And we'll actually create and market and sell your arcade cabinet for you. Um, we're creating a system of distributorships and uh, relationships with uh, with the FEC market, with the arcade game market. And hey, if, if you guys are if you're a developer, if someone's watching, they're a developer, and they want they want an arcade game, please reach out to us here, at Alan One. Uh, we would like to analyze your game. We like to talk about making an arcade game cabinet out of it. Our manufacturing facility we're building right now is going to be able to build any kind of cabinet. Um, so that's my answer. If you're looking at building an arcade game cabinet, don't do it. Let us do it for you. Yeah, that that certainly helps. I mean, it, it's a lot easier when you don't have to do it yourself, right? Um, I, I love that. I think that's all really good advice um, on the the scale of like, don't quit. Like, nothing worth achieving is easy. You know, it, it's gonna take time. It's gonna take effort. It's gonna take energy. It's gonna fucking suck sometimes. Like, we're gonna be real about this. It's gonna suck, but you're eventually gonna get through. You're gonna get to the other side, and you're gonna be really happy you did. Um, Let's let's wrap everything up with just shout outs, social medias, uh, and, and where can people buy the game? So uh, the game will be available soon. Uh, our deadline that we set for ourselves is hopefully in the early the early first quarter of next year um, on the Xbox, PlayStation. Uh, we're looking to get on the Nintendo as well, um, but it is currently out on Steam. Uh, I believe it's still in the beta edition on Steam. Um, but we're also launching the the networking, so it's about to, it's about to come fully released in the end of this quarter on Steam. Um, we have social media profiles on, on every platform. Basically, you can check us out on X. You can check us out on YouTube. We have a little YouTube channel. You can check us out at Discord. Um, and I'm sure in the in the in the links or at the end of this video, we'll we'll, we'll send all this info over to Joe and he'll put it in. Um, I'd say I'd say some of the big shout outs that we have is, you know, especially to the company founder, um, who was actually Luke's Luke's father. His name is James, James Anderson. And his and his passion started 
started this company, started this adventure. I said, it's a big shout out that we have. We're just very grateful um, for the chance to be here and these, being on this adventure, getting things done. I just wanted to say one more thing. Um, so, so another thing for, for developers out there, if you guys are looking at creating a cabinet, what Luke mentioned a little bit ago about the MLES system, that's the Major League Esports platform. So we're allowing um, indie game developers to put their games onto our esports platform. It's a software integration in which people can you know, host tournaments for your game. And then we, as a company, actually host an annual tournament for those games with cash prizes. So our very first one is going to be a, an Avian Knights tournament in January, where there's $10,000 in cash prizes. Um, and what's so cool about it is that the players of the game, they can cross-play to compete in the, the competition. So they can play on the cabinet, the physical cabinet. They can play on Steam. They can play on Xbox. They can play on any of these platforms and participate in the tournament. And the top eight are gonna come out to our location. We're gonna host a, we're gonna host a tournament. And, you know, Joe, I know you're not living in Utah or in this area, but we would love for you to come out. Awesome, I love it. Um, I'm gonna throw those links down in the description so you guys can check them out. Um, definitely appreciate you guys coming on. Thank you, like it's been a little while that we've been planning this and finally worked out. Um, go check out Avian Nights. It is fun. It's on Steam. It's coming to more stuff in the future. Arcade cabinets. Hope to run into you guys at some conventions coming up here, um, especially like in Milwaukee, our favorite convention at MGC. Uh -huh. We can talk about that afterwards. Um, but for anybody watching, thanks for checking us out. Uh, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. It helps us a ton. The wave will continue to grow, and we can all ride it together. We have the new cabinets and T-shirts. Don't forget to check those out. And until next time, peace. Let me show you